0: The Convention Collective Sandbox at WonderCon Anaheim 2019
1: Hey, this is Sam um, And I am here With Jim Zub And Max Dunbar And we are going To talk about Stone Star uh, Which I'm super excited To hear more about From the, the creators Themselves yeah. uh, This is one of the First times I've gotten to do An interview with The, the writer and Illustrator um, okay. So i Yeah I'm really Excited just to Hear about your Collaborative process And what sure. it's like Working with each other uh, But before we get there I'm curious If you can talk A little bit About what the atmosphere here is like being a Comixology original product right. and like how all that kind of happened and I know it's
2: the unique release yes
1: yeah. and it's been kind of sudden and and what's it been like being involved with Comixology and how what do you think the general atmosphere is with other creators
2: sure. and stuff getting into it so for me I've done creator-owned books uh, mo- almost mm-hmm. all my creator-owned books have been at Image Comics and they're an amazing company and I absolutely love working with them but when uh, Comixology approached me they were sort of like, hey, we want to do a book with you. I said, well, what are the unique traits that they have that other companies don't? And the ability to digitally deliver to the widest audience possible was very exciting. But then on top of that, I kind of threw it back at them and I said, what if we did a simultaneous announcement and launch? What if we, Beyonce dropped this on people and essentially didn't give them any preamble, didn't hype it, didn't tease it. We just literally go... You know, Zub and Dunbar have a new project. When? Today. When do you get it? Now. Now. would oh, you start reading? Go. Click. And that was sort of the... The exciting part for me was the potential to surprise people. That I couldn't do, and you can't do that with a print book. Yeah. You have to solicit and catalog and send it to the printer and the distributor and release and hype people up. And there's nothing wrong with that. I love traditional comics, but this was a unique opportunity to, to throw people a curveball. And even my own friends in the industry and professionals, I didn't tell them. <laughs> and so some of my close friends are like... Did How long you have you going? been working on this? <laughs> the joy of having them confused and, right. and excited for something that came out of the blue, uh, that was that was worth it.
0: That yeah. was a, a really fun opportunity. There. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the hype cycle, as Jim said, um, especially on social media, yeah. where it's like, the announcements come in waves and then like everyone says oh here's a little bit of preview art but we can't show too much because I don't want to spoil the issue and then that you wait months in between each iteration of this so yeah basically for us to be able to say it's available now we're announcing it today cuts through all of that and that's like a really fun thing to try out uh, again like I also love traditional comics and, and print comics and stuff but yeah why not like push the digital thing to its fullest and not worry about the same things you would worry if you were doing a print comic
2: book. and there's a spontaneity to it like there's a we've been working on it for a while but there's an electricity to pulling something out of your hat and going hey check this out yeah it's and done it, yeah it's <laughs> done and <laughs> it's, it's done. Done. <laughs> like what it's I didn't ready. even know you were yeah. doing it and, you know, like great you know uh, that, that is really exciting to me you know the, the series itself has a lot of energy and a lot of uh, kind of electricity to it like there's a lot of movement in the way that Max draws this amazing action and then for us to be able to carry that momentum through to the announcement release yeah it, it feels right
1: yeah and one of the things that you talk about in Stone Star is like this traveling sort of entertainment ship right yeah. so so it, it called mind one of my favorite prose novels which is called The Night Circus where I mean the, the idea of the traveling circus, right you know is, is at I the heart of that book so yeah you chose to take that and throw it into space so what what was it that, that made you want to, to do that effectively to make a circus and
2: space. <laughs> a lot of times, you know, when you're writing a story, particularly an action story, you have to come up with reasons for people to have conflict. Why do these people fight? You know, well, is it good versus evil? Or, you know, what is what is at stake? And I said, what if we made the action, I mean, the central premise of an arena is conflict. So now we don't, no longer have to justify why people are in conflict with each other. It's a sport. It's an entertainment. It is about celebrity and winning and all those things. And now we can build the culture around it. And so it's about competition, it's about um the the sort of city of Stone Star, the community that is built up around the hype that builds up around the competition and the broadcasting and all the things that the station is. In my original ideas, it was going to be a planet that was an arena, and then I thought, oh, it's kind of a pain, how do people get there? And I said, wait, turn it on its head. It's the thing that travels from place to place. It goes from planet to planet. The arena is mobile, not people coming to it. It comes to them. And that had that kind of weird throwback of the traveling circus going from town to town, but on this galactic level.
1: And you get to throw in fun questions like, how do they choose where they go? Right. What draws them to those places?
2: Well, and also you have that ability for characters who are on that planet to kind of run away to the circus. Like, they can join up and or in some cases be thrown into it where they're like against their will you just join Stone Star you know what I mean so there's something kind of fun about all the the stuff that surrounds the station just as much as the central core kind of battles
0: yeah I like to think of it as like if you took you know one of the biggest sports stadiums in the world and you just lifted it up so like all those people that work in it now have to live in it because they can't go home So, essentially, what do they do? They would repurpose things, they would pick up supplies from everywhere that they go. So that very much, like, factored into the whole look and vibe of the interior of the arena. So we've got, like, you know, shanty towns. we've got presumably nicer parts of the arena where the elite and the celebrities stay. And another part about the conflict is that, yeah, there is conflict in the arena. But any time where you get competition, celebrities, and difference in class, that'll bleed out conflict into the actual society itself. So, there's just a lot of room to play around with uh, the various different aspects of, uh, of a roving gladiatorial sports arena. It's just a really fun sort of playground. Yeah.
1: So, the things that you do uh, in terms of the action, it's just so seamless and Thank you. like it's, it's such a cinematic book to, to read. Thank I can't you. help but see it kind of animated in my head while sure. I'm turning the pages. yeah, yeah. So, so can you talk a little bit about what it's like, uh, both from the, the plotting and the, kind of the panel structure, yeah. like how you you guys work together to make sure, sure that you're providing enough textual cues right. and, you know, movement cues physically to keep all that motion so seamless, because it really does flow so, so well.
2: So for me, when it comes to the story, it's like, whoa building is all about informing the reader in a way that they can easily understand. You don't want to overwhelm them with info dumps of too much information so they, they lose the details. What I want to do is give you the broad premise. Oh, cool. This is a mobile arena. It goes from planet to planet. They've touched down, and this is an example of how it all works together. And then we can... Add to that with little salient details, or Max can fill in a lot of that visually and give you a sense of the jumbled townships that have built up in the you know lower levels of the ship. Or we show you people taking out the garbage. You know there is a lot of blue collar work that needs to get done to maintain this ridiculous over the top thing. And so some of it is inferred, and some of it is surface level narrative, and some of it is visual stuff that Max can bring into the mix and leaving enough of that open for him to go fun find fun designs yeah but he I say this is what it should feel like it's everything has a very um industrial quality, it has a very used quality, this is not a pristine, clean space this isn't the uh, the Apple store of sci-fi right, yeah. this is very much a clunky chunky everything is a lever, everything feels like it has vents and uh, big industrial parts but you show me what How far you want to take that. You give this a grander sense of scale. You you put bits of yourself into that and then
0: I get excited and feed on it. Yeah, and Jim is like with the action, with those moments, it's the perfect mix of telling me what I need to know from a storytelling point of view, but keeping it open enough that like I can hopefully use the things that I've learned over the years to try and make it as kinetic and interesting looking as possible for an action sequence or a chase sequence, something like that. So, yeah, it's it's a great mix of being hands-on when it comes to telling me the information I need to know, but also trusting me and being hands-off. It's like, okay, so we're going to do this, so you know, just go crazy with it and let me know if you have any questions. Here's the end result. Yeah, Yeah, the end result, this has to happen. So, like, in the first issue, there is a... Wild chase through a market, and I know that it's going to end up crashing into a pillar. So I incorporate in the market's design pillars because I know that there's going to have to be pillars.
1: Just one. There's just one pillar. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's the worst (laughs) luck of all. So, yeah, I mean, like that kind of thing where it's very much like. I take what he says and what has to happen and incorporate that into the design and then I think in certain situations Jim has taken the designs and then incorporated that back into future parts of the story. This is what's so important. A lot of times I talk to people who want to write their own comics
2: and they will try and lock down every single aspect of the story and every single aspect of the visuals even before they've got the art team on board and it's like this is collaborative. We are a team. Max Dunbar and Jim Zub are the co-creators of StoneStar. So I want to come to him as early as possible into that process and say, here's a bunch of cool, influential things that excite me what do you see and what do you want to draw and I will play to your strengths and then when he's having fun the work looks better and I'm having fun writing it and that collaborative process is so valuable to me as a writer and so valuable to me in a visual medium I'm not trying to make Max what I want the book to be I want us to be the book and be as excited about it as we can be and it sounds so Obvious, but I see so many times people will have an idea in their head and all they can be is disappointed when the artist can't read their mind.
0: Yeah. And I'm like, that's not how this works. And from an artistic point of view, getting, like, a down-to-the-minute detailed description of, say, the main character or, like writer and artist I think should find that together it's totally cool for Jim to be like well I was thinking he'd be more like you know like grizzled or tall or lanky whatever that's great but it shouldn't come as a laundry list right at the beginning like you can can achieve that and sort of find it together Uh, and that just gets you as an artist way more invested in the property you feel like there's way more of your own aesthetic in the world rather than it being like oh I'm, I'm drawing Jim world here it's like no this is our world that we're creating together this is a real
2: a lot of the marketing around comics tends to be writer focused writer first they will literally say things like on a superhero title they'll just say it's the writer's book because you have different artists on it and it's like i need people to know it's a visual medium i need them to know that the heart of this is max visual design if he doesn't present it well, all my flowery language, all my dialogue is gonna fall flat.
1: Because so much of the character the character development comes from the character.
2: The expressions, art. Yeah. The, the panel choices, all that stuff. Uh, oh. Three different artists are gonna draw the same script in three vastly different
0: ways. Absolutely. Like this comic would look completely different and have a different feel, presumably, if it was a different artist yeah. working on it.
2: So then it's like that means Max's involvement has to be crucial. Max's delivery has to be part and parcel of how I write. Because otherwise, if, if I could take him out and put anyone else in, then that's not yeah. special. What makes it special is the two of us bringing our best to the page every time.
1: So could you walk me through quickly like sure. what what the process was like when you were developing a character? Pick so anyone.
2: I would come up with a name, and I would come up with a couple sentences description of what their broad role in the story is, and some
0: personality traits. Right, like boldness. Okay. Is the sort of grizzled trainer. So yeah. Jim told me, like
1: very distinctive character. Right. <laughs> it's a classic
0: trope. Yeah,
2: the 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 you know mentor figure who's seen too much and feels too bitter. Right. Yeah. So you yeah. get that immediately as yeah. soon
1: as you see him in the first panel. You you but know what does what that, he
2: that exactly look like? And I said, here are the kinds of traits he might have. Or these are sort of some
0: visual cues that might get you... The, the big part, the biggest description was that he's old, yeah. he's grizzled, he is missing both his arms, but one of them is a robot arm because if he was had two robot arms, he'd be too dangerous. Like, they don't they don't let him have two Literally arms. Literally, Stone... What you'll find out in a later part of the story is the
2: people that run Stone Star won't let him have a second Cybernet limb because they're scared of his, his
0: ability. Right, so like, as an artist, like, that is... Super open to interpretation, um, but also really exciting because I felt like I immediately I started picturing the character. But it took a while for me to come up with a, a design that, because you can go any direction with that. Yeah. He's essentially an alien, so I, you'd be like, well, is he like a huge, like, Sasquatch type guy, or is he this or that? In so, yeah, yeah. yeah. He also, could be two feet so, tall. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I didn't say how tall he was. Nope. Yeah. Exactly. So I sort of ruminated over it, like, when I, you know, take public transit, like, on the bus or whatever, I'm, like, just drawing, like, pages and pages of really fast, you know, uh, rough Sketches, different ideas, just letting like sort of free association, and then I sort of started like leaning into this idea. Well, like, what if we do like an old like you know old like rough Clint Eastwood type, um, yeah, the Gunslingery. gunslinger, gunslinger, yeah. but like like really crotchety, like <laughs> like sort of like you know Grand Torino uh me Metroid. of oh, a yeah. lot wow, from Daredevil. Yeah, Aerie exactly. Yeah. So, and then like I was like, okay, well, that's like a really good... That tells me sort of 50% of the character, but then what are the alien parts? So the fact that he had, like, you know, you sort of exaggerate those, like he became quite tall and, like, lanky and, like, very, like, fit, um, narrow, like, hips, wide shoulders, long, like, muscular neck. And then, like, I just sort of infused some, like, like, goat into him because, like, an old goat, like, is, sort of fits with that. Like, they're, like, tough and, like, cranky. And I was just like, yeah. So I gave him, like, some horns, which you don't see for a while because he's wearing his, like, big, weird straw hat, like, whatever that is. And I think, like, that was, Jim was like, let's give him a hat to pump. Show. Let's really like go into this. Well, Clint once Eastwood I realized thing. he was doing yeah. the Clint
2: Eastwood thing, I was like, go, lean into it. Do, yeah. the, do the man with no name yeah. the
0: old. So you know. I did do that, but I was like, I don't want it to be like, you know, Clint Eastwood co- cosplay on an alien. So I was like, well, I'll just give him this really weird, like, sort of wide-brimmed, flat, thick. Like, I assume it's woven out of something. And, yeah, like, just layers of this weird fabric for his poncho. Like, everything he wears, it's woven out of bitterness. Yeah, exactly. Pure
2: bitterness. Bitterness and
0: spite. I love it. So, yeah, like, that character came together, like, slowly at the beginning. Like, just my own personal development of, like... But once I sort of figured out what I wanted, um it was really fast like once I drew his face for the first time I was like okay now this is the body that makes sense with it and I sent it to Jim and Jim was just like yeah that's, that's and it and it changed the voice because
2: early on in my head I was sort of free association like yeah. is he more like a zen master like he could be a very stoic stiff yeah. sort of like straight laced monk character. or he could be you know like a cranky old tragedy Yoda kind of character anything in between and as soon as you sort of went with that gunslingery well I was like well he's not going to Talk like a Zen master anymore. He's not going to be okay. He's going to be real, you know, uh, uh, insulting and gruff and take it or leave it sort yeah. of feel. And that change I knew plot-wise we were going to go, but all of a sudden the interactions between him and Dale become very different. Yeah, because now I I can see that crusty exterior and the way he's going to interact and play off of Dale is it works but but I wouldn't have known that until I'd seen it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. So that's really great. Also as an artist, like so much of the time everything's all written down and you're just it feels almost like you're plugging your art into someone else's story. But then Jim telling me like this is awesome this is going to inform how I write the character, and I'm going to go back, you know, probably to, like, what I've been doing and change some stuff around to make it better fit. You feel like, well, we really created this character together. Like, you know, the name... A voice and everything was like Jim Then I brought some of my own stuff to it and now we've created something three-dimensional and so that's that's really fulfilling and awesome and I just like great way to do it I think yeah,
1: yeah no I love it I mean I love what I've read so far awesome I can't wait you. to keep reading it um, I, really I definitely like yeah I definitely think that, that you both have a strong voice that comes through on the page
2: that's great to hear Thanks.
1: it's so cool to see it come together but I, gotta, I
2: gotta credit our other yeah, collaborators for sure. yeah absolutely you're gonna have a nightmare time spelling this but it's in the credits Espen Grindhjorn he's our colorist out of Norway and that guy is brilliant I've worked with him many years ago at the Udon studio he's phenomenal I was so happy to get him on board here and my letterer Marshall Dillon Marshall and I Marshall has lettered every creator-owned book I've ever done we're dear friends when I was starting out and I had very little money budget Marshall literally lettered my first book for no money because he believed in the project That's and awesome. I retroactively paid him after we made yeah. a profit um, I owe that
0: guy so much he brings so much character into the letters yep. and S-Ben brings so much mood. like mood and atmosphere a lot of like most of the color choices are completely his I, I trust him implicitly and like, that mixture of an it.
2: alien feel to it but the familiar like notes How how you the lighting changes yeah. how you feel about a scene yeah. The the lighting choices direct your attention on the page, where you're supposed to be looking, and why is about
0: color. You know what yeah. I mean? And he's a master of it because yeah. like a lot of people um, don't know like what goes into something like what he's doing. But there's all sorts of aspects of color theory, um, you know, knowing where to lead the light eye, and shadow, draw. draw distances, light and shadow. That he is just. I get pages back and I'm floored every time like yeah. I, Jim can attest it's like all caps like <laughs> oh my god like, this is crazy yeah it's like, such a
2: fun thing to. It, it is like opening a gift every time you crack open an email and you're like yeah. I wrote that he drew it and we're all acting like it's a brand new thing yeah. every time and, it comes and,
0: and it is it, like yeah. honestly if people like the the look of the comic, Espen is a massive part of that. Marshall is a massive part of that. If they think that a sequence is particularly thrilling or or exciting, like they're both a massive part of that, so I can't give them credit enough. Yeah. Um,
2: the one thing about lettering, you know, where the word balloons go and where sound effects go changes the way you read a page and if a letterer does a great job it's invisible you're too busy enjoying the book to realize how much effort went into it and so good lettering never gets enough credit, but bad lettering always stands out, <laughs> yeah. because it stops you cold on the page, you're like, what am I supposed to be reading, in what order, yeah.
0: why does this not work? It can be a thankless job in it that sense, a so like, but, big thanks to him, because he's like, doing phenomenal work, and in this case, because of the, the things that you uh, in particular wanted to see on the page lettering-wise, there's a ton of character behind it as yeah. well, so yeah. hopefully yeah. people will take notice of it, and be like, wow, that's like, an, a big art style in itself, part of the art, is uh, Marshall's lettering. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Well, do you guys have any kind of final thoughts on the future of Stone Star?
0: Uh, I just hope that people really enjoy it. Yeah. um, And that people who want a larger-than-life adventure, fantasy, like just fun comic book with a lot of action and art, um, give it a look. And uh, if if they've got uh, Amazon Prime or uh, you know uh, Unlimited or Kindle Unlimited, I believe it's called, they can they can come check it out um, at no risk. Yeah. And I hope they stick with it and enjoy it. But at the very least, they can take a look at it. We're I, I feel
2: like I'm a kid because we get to I, I made this big crazy kooky sandbox for creatures and aliens. And we're going to bring all the toys and and smash them together. Yeah, it's going to get wild. And Max is, uh, his enthusiasm for it all um, makes me feel like I'm 10 years old every time I sit down to work on it.
1: That's
2: awesome. Thanks.